abandoned, forgotten, orphaned, alone. These are not words we normally use at at Christmas, particularly on Christmas Eve. But over this last year in particular, I've grown in my awareness that so many people in our community, in our world, in our lives, they struggle with feelings of being abandoned, forgotten, orphaned, and alone because of things going on in the world around them, because of what's happening in their lives, because of what's happening in society. For a lot of reasons, people are internalizing those words deeply, and they feel cut off from everyone and everything around them. They feel like they have just been abandoned. They feel like somebody's forgotten them. They feel orphaned. And they feel alone. Friends, I think that what we celebrate at Christmas, when we get past the service, the surface, when we get past all of the wrappings around it and all of the packaging, when we get deep into it, Christmas, what we celebrate there, is the antidote for feelings of abandonment, being forgotten, being orphaned and being alone. Will you pray with me? Father, open us in heart, mind, and spirit to all that you have for us in the next few moments. Lord, as we enter into your written word, may we have an encounter with your real and risen living word, Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate tonight. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Open us in heart, mind, and spirit to all that you have for us. Lord, may I get out of your way this night. May these words be your words, these thoughts be your thoughts. Hide me behind your cross, Center me in your word. Open us to your message. Lord, we will give you the glory and the praise in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're going to really get into the Christian faith, if you're going to really jump into the heart of it, in fact, I would say if you're ever going to understand the Christian faith, there's a word that you need to wrestle with right up front. There's a concept that you've got to get. If you're going to understand the Christian faith at all, Before you really even talk about birth, and before you get to the cross, and before you get to the resurrection, there's a more foundational word than any or all of that. It's the word incarnation. Incarnation. It means, it's a big fancy preacher word, but it means God became flesh. God became flesh flesh. That the creator God, the God who spoke and everything came into existence, the God who spoke and time itself was created, this God who is spirit and is above all and in all this God decided to break into human history, break into human experience, and to take on upon himself flesh and bone and blood and skin and all of that and to become just like you and I. He is 100% God, Jesus, 100% human, you and I. This is the brilliance that God has at Christmas. This is what we're celebrating at Christmas. And I think there is something about the incarnation that provides the antidote for our feelings of abandonment and being forgotten, being orphaned, 
and being alone. And so we're going to walk through three, four passages of Scripture tonight where I think God can open our eyes to what we celebrate at Christmas when we use phrases like Emmanuel, God with us, and how that might impact who we are as we live our lives. And so we're going to start with two passages of Scripture that are really, really, really familiar at Christmas time. And then we're going to go to two passages of Scripture that I have never used on a Christmas Eve before. And so it's a little different as we close it out. But I want you to hear some of this. And so let's start at John John chapter 1. Let me read just a little bit of it for you. And then we'll definitely get to verse 14. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So lesson one, in this text, when when John is using the word word, he's referring to Jesus. That in the beginning, before anything was created, Jesus already existed. Somebody's mind is hurting at that. Because we think, because of the way we celebrate Christmas and the way we talk about God, we think that Jesus just showed up on the scene at Christmas in a little baby in Bethlehem in a manger scene with animals and shepherds and and wise men and all of that. But the Word teaches us that God is now and always has been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He has always revealed Himself to us as Trinity. And the Son... Jesus was a part of creation itself. In fact, everything that was created was created through Him. Nothing was created that was been created without Him, and it was created for Him, including you and me and everybody else. And then he makes it even more clear when you get all the way down to verse 14. So the Word became human. Another translation says, And so the Word became flesh and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So the first lesson is that God Himself became human. That in our midst of our feelings of being alone and being abandoned and being forgotten and being orphaned and all of that stuff that you and I as human beings wrestle with from time to time, we have to understand that the greater reality is that no matter how alone we may feel, we are never truly alone for God is with us. That's why Jesus came. He came to do for us what we can never do for ourselves. Yes, He came to be born to live, to teach, to do the miracles, to die on the cross in payment of our sin, to rise in victory, to be resurrected in victory over sin and death itself, all of that. But it begins in the incarnation that God decided you and I were never going to do it on our own, that he had to come and do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Even in the creation story at the very beginning, the reason it creates is for relationship, that he comes to be with us. He comes to be with you. In fact, right in the middle of what was read for you when the youth staff lit the Christ candle at the center of our Advent wreath, right there in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, he makes this pretty clear. 
All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. So in the Old Testament, the prophet predicting the coming of Christ already began using a name for Jesus that is, there's a lot of names for Jesus, Prince of Priests, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, all those kind of things. But one of the big ones that we think of at Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. That the reason Jesus came, what he is called is Emmanuel. The reason he came is to be with us. That's the first part of it. He loves you so much. He loves you so completely. He loves you so thoroughly that he wasn't going to leave you alone. He wasn't going to leave you to your own devices. He wasn't going to just cut you loose to figure it out yourself. He is with you. God is with us. This is a primary aspect of what it means for God to be God, for Jesus to be fully God. God is with us. And so he took on flesh, the incarnation, John 1. He is with us, Matthew 2. But then sometimes I think this happens to us. We show up at a wonderful Christmas Eve service. We go through the Christmas season. We hear the phrase, Emmanuel, God with us over and over and over again. And we feel it emotionally in the midst of, of the incredible experiences of faith and candles and all the other things. And we have this emotional high in the moment of a religious service. But then Wednesday hits and we're back at work. And then the next month hits and we're back at school. And then the bills that we have to pay for the Christmas we couldn't afford come due in the middle of January. And now all of a sudden the reality of it hits and we're wondering, have we been forgotten? Have we been abandoned? Have we been orphaned? Am I all alone in this again? And the realities of the day-to-day -day life hit us right smack between the eyes again, and we're back in those same emotions. And so I think in the midst of a, a, a place we don't normally turn at Christmas, what we call the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus has already been resurrected and he's about to ascend to sit at the right hand of God the Father. And the parting words he gives to his disciples, among the parting words he gives to his disciples, are what we call the Great Commission. Go into all of the world, baptizing all of the families of God, all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have taught you. And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you hear the promise in that? That he is ascending and we're not going to see him in the flesh right now. We're not going to see him bodily in our experience like the apostles saw him bodily in their experience, but he is present in our experience. And though he claims us as his own, he never leaves us alone. I am with you always, even to the very end, even to the very end, God is with you. Whatever he has called you to, he is with you. Whatever is going on in your life, he is with you. Whatever junk is happening that you have to deal with, God is with you. There is nothing that can happen to you. There is nothing you can do that will cause him to separate himself from you. God is with you no matter what. That's the promise. That's the promise. I am with you always, even to the very end. At the end of the book, if you turn all the way to Revelation chapter 21, 
there's a little section of Scripture that talks about what happens at the end, which never is the end, by the way. It's really the incredible beginning again. But there's this little vision that John has as he writes it down, and these are the words of the Lord. Revelation chapter 21. I'm actually going to read verses 1 and following. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. God's home is among his people. Just in those few verses I read for you, you should catch what we call a narrative arc. That from the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture, that one of the major themes of the Bible is God is with us. God desires relationship with us. God wants us to be in his family, and we want to be a part of that one family, that we were created to be with him in intimate, dynamic, personal relationship, that God broke into our human experience for us to be in relationship with him, that the truth of the gospel begins with the words, God is with us. God is with you. God really is with you. It's not an emotional experience. It's not something that you always feel, but it can be something you know beyond any shadow of any doubt. God is with you. That's what Christmas is really all about. More than trees and lights and packages, a whole lot more than credit card bills coming due. It's about the simple undeniable fact that God loved you so much, he came to be with you. It's an important point for me to put it that way. Because sometimes we think, well, God was with my grandmother, or my parents, or these persons, or those people, or, you know, in biblical times with the apostles. But you need to hear it in, in those personal tones. God didn't come just to be with somebody else. God came to be with you. God loved you that much that he clothed himself with flesh and blood and skin and bone for you. For you. So here's what I want you to remember. God loves you. More than your ability to even understand it, God came for you. He held nothing back. He stepped off the throne of heaven and entered our existence for you. God is with you. No matter what you have done or what has been done to you, God is with you always. God loves you. God came for you. God is with you always. Nothing can change that fact. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. God is with you. Amen? Do you believe it? Yes. 